Fantastic. Stay standing in this place. Do you love Jesus? Yeah. You know, I was camping with my parents. I don't know what's with all the camping stories, but uh, and uh, it was a few years ago on a dam up in uh, up in Queensland, and we had a campfire going, and uh, we had a few tents around the campfire. There was my wife and myself and our family in one tent, my parents, uh, my my mother and father in another tent, and uh, then overnight you could hear that bit of drizzle coming on the tent, and um, it probably was about 4 a.m. in the morning. And I hear the, the front zipper of the tent come down in, you know, like from the one, the tent that my parents are staying in. I hear someone rustle out of a sleeping bag, rustle out of the tent, walk over. I can hear a bit of commotion at the fire. I'm like, is this like, like an animal? Is this something sort of happening? And I remember just sort of poking, you know, half asleep, sort of seeing my dad do something. I'm like, oh, my father, I'm going back to bed. And then anyway, woke up having breakfast around the campfire in the morning. I said, Dad, like, man, what on earth, what in God's name were you doing at 4 a.m.? And he said, well, see, the rain was coming down. And obviously we left some coals in the camp, you know, in the campfire there. And he said, the rain was about to extinguish them all. And he said, it's easier to stoke a fire than start a fire. Say that again. This is from an unsafe father of mine. He goes, well, this, this is an easy one. He goes, it's easier to stoke a fire than have to restart a fire. And I remember writing that down. And I thought, my dad's preaching to me right now. Preach it, an unsafe father. And here's my challenge to you. How's the fire going in your life right now in terms of your relationship with God? Let's be a people that continually allow the Holy Spirit to stoke the fire in our life. That we're hungry and we're thirsty saying, Lord, whatever it is you want to do in my life. A Samaritan woman met Jesus at a well and Jesus says, do you know who it is you are talking to right now? Out of me flows rivers of living water. And my question to you is, do you know whose presence you are standing in this in tonight, in this auditorium? You're not just standing in the presence of the person next to you, where there's two or three gathered. Jesus says, there I am. You are in the presence of your Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And when you understand you're in His presence tonight, that's when we need to say, Lord, my heart, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm open for whatever it is you want to do in my life tonight. Come and stoke the coals of my heart. Come and stoke the coals of my fire. Fan into flame in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Give someone a big old high five. Grab your seat tonight. And... Um, And, uh, and you know what? Prophetically, let me say this. If the fire's gone out in your life, I declare it's going to start and fire up again tonight in the name of Jesus. Here we go. I don't want to preach for a long time. I want you to heard a preacher say this. Doesn't need to be long to be lethal. Come on. One word from Lord, one word that God has for you out of this can radically change your life. And so my question to you tonight is, are you open, are you hungry just to receive what God wants to do, not in your life last Sunday or last year in 2018, 
The Lord wants to do something new and fresh in your life right here, right now. Amen. It was uh, uh, summertime, and uh, again, up in Brisbane, I was in the backyard doing a bit of gardening. Not my favorite thing to do, but just, I don't know, pulling some weeds out, doing something. And so, like any good red-blooded Aussie male, I had ABC Grandstand Radio going, and I was listening to the Test Cricket. Who loves ABC Radio? Man, something comes over me in the summer holidays and I'm just an ABC Grandstand Radio sort of kind of guy. And so anyway, the test match, Aussies were playing someone and test match was going on and then it went to the lunch break and it's like the commentators say, we're now going to cross over uh, to the America's Cup and there was some big America's Cup yacht race sort of happening and so they cut across to the commentators uh, of the America's Cup and say, you know, these boats, they're so advanced and they're so technologically cutting edge these days. These boats can travel up to 40 knots in a 15-knot breeze, right? And I'm doing the gardening, and I thought, what? I thought, what did he just say? And I said, I'm pretty sure. Now, if it's knots is a unit of measurement on the open water. Just go with me. Trust me. It's true. And, um, and I, in my head, right, I'm a pretty smart, switched-on, logical-thinking kind of person. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure... He just said these boats can travel up to 40 knots in a 15-knot breeze, right? But I'm like, that couldn't be right. That is like, in my brain, physically impossible. That is like naturally, it is absolutely impossible. So I'm thinking, he must have said the boats can travel up to 40 knots in a 50-knot breeze. Are you following me? Let me give you, to illustrate the conundrum in my head, as my hands were dirty with soil and everything, let me just give you the illustration of a bobsled. I want to, uh, you to imagine right now uh, Pastor Rob in a bobsled, okay? Now, this is not a trick question, but just come with me, right? Um, and I'm going to be pushing the bobsled. So, Pastor Rob, in the bobsled, full lycra. <laughs> All right. Have you pictured that? All right, come with me. Here we go. Now, this is not a true question. If I'm pushing the bobsled, like, I, I just a horizontal flat piece of ice, okay? This is not... If I run as fast as I can, if I get up to 15 kilometers an hour, remember, I'm pushing the bobsled, Rob's a driver, and if I let go, if I, like, and, and then the, immediately when I let go, if I'm running 15 kilometers an hour, how fast is the bobsled going? Okay, yes, correct. Big gold tip, 15 kilometers an hour. Because it is impossible for the bobsled to go faster than the force that is pushing it. Who would agree? Now you see the problem I have in the backyard. I'm pretty sure the commentator said that the boat can go 40 knots, 40 knots in a 15-knot breeze. So I, have, I clean my hands, I go, I, I just don't believe it. So I go inside and I Google it, and here's a picture I find, and I think this is the, um, this is the New Zealand sort of boat, right? And, and this is honestly true, right? This is the first picture I find, and as I start to read, this is what it says. It says, these catamarans, these uh, boats that they use in the America's Cup, these catamarans use innovative wing sail designs and hydrofoils that allow the boats to sail almost three times the wind speed and they can reach a speed up to 47 knots or equivalent 55 miles per hour. I continue to read. Like, 
who's learning something tonight? I'm like, this is unbelievable, right? So I keep reading. It says this, at first glance, this appears to defy logic. Yeah, it does defy logic. How can a boat travel faster than the wind that is pushing it? Hello, someone. How can a yacht, I just read out what Google said. How can a yacht travel faster than the wind that is propelling it? However, the boats in the America's Cup use rigid wing sails rather than traditional cloth and mast sails, like a big sailing ship. Come on, here we go. They use innovative sails rather than traditional cloth and mast sails. These fixed wings use the same principles of lift force that enable an aircraft to fly, uh, and, and these same, this same design allows the boat to drive forward in the water. Now, this is what it says. I'll underline this. The speed produced also lifts the catamaran out of the water. If I was to tell you 100 years ago pigs can fly, you would say impossible. If I was to, in the same conversation, say boats can fly, you would say impossible. But I'm here showing you a picture saying it's not impossible. Here we go. Come on. I'm getting somewhere here tonight. When combined with the reduced drag in the water, this is what it says, the catamarans essentially fly above the surface of the water. We are so locked in to what you and I can do in our natural ability, come on now, that we fail or we forget ourselves. We fail to understand that the supernatural God that you serve and that you worship is able to propel you 40 kilometers an hour in a 15 kilometer an hour. Don't you tell me it's impossible. When I'm looking at a picture of something I would have deemed impossible. But here's the thing. If we had have stayed with tradition, we could never travel faster than the wind that's blowing it. But as soon as we tear off tradition, and as soon as we step into the right here and the right now of what God is speaking, what God has, the now anointing of God in your life, you can essentially do greater, come on, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it been conceived in the heart of any man, come on, the plans and dreams that God has for those who love him. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this place. So the title of my not lengthy but lethal message tonight is called Saw. Saw. Everyone say Saw. Not, not that kind of sore. Not I fell over, have a scab sore. I'm talking. Okay. I don't know what it's called when one word has several meanings, but here we go. Now, what you need to understand is a, a, is a, is a sailing ship in which, oh, they, they're, they're essentially a sailing ship. A, a, a yacht essentially goes nowhere without the wind. Come on meaning a yacht has to wait for the wind to blow. We've now designed in such a way that when the winds does start blowing, they can travel three times faster than the breeze. Amazing. Let me read to you a scripture out of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 28 to 31. Isaiah the prophet, writing, declaring over a nation. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, 
God never faints. God is never weary. His understanding is unsearchable. What does that mean? It means God's God and you're not. You don't need to understand everything. You just have to understand that he has you in the palm of his hand and he's bigger than you are. He thinks greater than you could ever think. His ways are higher. Come on. His thoughts are further than our natural thoughts. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. And now let's just dig into the scripture that I'll quickly pull apart. Verse 30 to 31. Famous scripture. Even youths shall faint and be weary. And young men shall utterly fall. But those who, what does a boat do on the open sea? It waits for the wind, okay? But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. It is only those who wait on the Lord, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Who's ever heard this scripture before? Okay, now let me say this. This scripture has been absolutely watered down and minimized by most believers. And by that I mean this. All right, Lord, I'm feeling pretty weary, so I'm just going to wait on you and you can pick me up. Lord, I'm in a bad place in my life, so Lord, I'm just going to wait on you and you can pick me up. Now, can I say this? That is an absolute way and an absolute promising God. That is a way that we can apply that scripture into our life. But what you fail to do is actually understand the enormity of the principle in the Word of God. Let me explain. Let's just imagine this pulpit right here. This is just life going, this is life going normal, life going pretty good. Now, if I go two steps this way, this is life going terribly. This is like we're struggling, we're under the attack of the enemy, I'm discouraged, right? Are you following me? But then, because life is normally two steps this way, this is like life is unbelievable. Life is incredible. Okay? Now, let's go back to Isaiah chapter 40. We find ourselves in a difficult place. Perhaps maybe it's a health situation, financial situation. Oh, what a great promise in the Word of God. If I wait upon the Lord, I shall rise up with wings as eagle. I take a step up. I can run and not grow weary. I can walk and not faint. But my question challenge to you tonight is this. Well, I'm not as bad as I was last week or feeling as downcast. What if I waited upon the Lord again? Come on now. As I wait upon the Lord. Come on. We shall mount up with wings as eagles. We shall run and not grow weary. But here's my point. We get ourselves back to a place of going, ah, life's just normal again. But this is where you need to live by principle, not just by the persecution you're going in. My question to you is this, what if we actually applied that in our life when life is going normal? I'm going to wait on the Lord. Now life isn't just normal, life's doing awesome. But what if I kept on waiting upon the Lord? He'll, I'll mount up with wings as eagles. What if I kept waiting upon the Lord when, you know what, my life couldn't possibly be better. I'm just, you know, I feel so blessed and so favoured. But you know what? I'm just going to wait upon the Lord again. I'm going to end up through the wall. Are you following what I'm saying? We only apply the Bible in crisis mode. We only apply the Word of God when we need our get out of, get out of jail free card. What about already being in free parking and let's apply the Word of the Word of God into our life again? Here we go. 
So what is the secret? It's literally one word. It doesn't say those who idly sit on the couch, right, shall mount up with wings as eagles. It's not those who have a religious spirit and just think, you know, by attending a church service, they all mount up. No, no. There's one key word, and that word is wait. Everyone say wait. One key word, wait. Those who wait upon the Lord, it is those people who will mount up with the wings as eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. So the key word to dissect and understand in this entire passage is literally one word, it's the word wait. Because if we can apply that and understand the meaning of what it means to wait upon the Lord, that right there unlocks the full power of what God can do in our life, liberate us, free, come on, freedom of bondage. You know, he can, he can lift depression and anxiety and fear off our life that we were going through as we wait. So that word wait, the original Hebrew word, so I'm a bit of a Bible scholar, I lectured in our Bible college, and sorry if I go too deep, but I think you can follow me tonight. The original Hebrew word for wait is the word kavah, Q-A-V-A-H, kavah. Now, without going too deep into it, Bible commentators and translators are actually divided whether we are to translate that word in the English, whether we are to translate it literally or figuratively. Right? I don't want to get too deep here, right? but they're a bit divided. Kuvah, is that the literal meaning or is that the figurative meaning? Let me illustrate it. Okay? Now, we, I have an have, have a, uh, example on the screen. Let's just take the word sweet, okay? Come on, who likes lollies and a bit sweet? Chocolate. Okay, here we go. Now, the literal, follow me, the literal definition of sweet is, is this. It's not sour, bland, or bitter. Does that make sense, right? So, so that is, you know, this donut is sweet. Who understands me? Okay, now not only does sweet have a literal meaning, but sweet also has a figurative meaning. Let me give you an example. A figurative definition would be pleasing or enjoyable. So in that instance, I could come home, you know, a teenager, you know, might be with their friends or something, come home from someone's birthday and go, that party was sweet. Come on, where are the parents with teenagers in the house tonight, right? Now, we automatically understand, we know that they have not been licking the wall at their friend's house, right? We're not talking about the opposite of sour, we're actually saying that that party was pleasant to be at. Are you following me? Right, that's the figurative definition. Now, let me break apart Isaiah chapter 40. The literal definition, and again, Bible scholars and commentators, they actually divided and it could go either way. Now, we, here we go. The literal definition of the word kavar means this, amazing. It literally means to bind together like a cord. Here we go, we're going to get somewhere. It is literally the process of making a rope by twisting or weaving thin threads together. The, the same example out of Ecclesi Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 22, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Who, who's heard that scripture before? All right. So this is, what, this is the literal definition of kavar. It literally means this, strength through numbers. I want you to follow me here. 
It means the more strands you add to the rope, the greater the strength of the rope. Are you following me tonight? Just as a rope's strength becomes, uh, comes from being made of many strands, is what it means, so our strength in Christ becomes stronger by uniting as many parts of our life with Jesus. Now, that's the, the figurative definition means to wait or to hope or to expect, right? That's the feeling of anticipation. A kid waking up on Christmas morning and it's like, oh, I, I know the presence there. I know it's mine. I just don't know what's in the box yet, okay? To wait with expectation, all right? So here we go. Can I give you the Pastor Dave Hammer's definition, sort of translation of this scripture? I'll, I'll, we'll put it on the screen and I'll read it. Off of here. And if I could have the band come up, that'd be awesome. I want to pray for some people in this place tonight. This is when, when Hebrew hearers would have heard Isaiah declaring and prophesying this, when, when the scroll of Isaiah would have been read out, Old Testament, right, Hebrews would have actually had a much deeper understanding of this scripture than when we read it in English today, like in, in 2019. So, so to... To to pat it out a bit, it means this. They that have their lives intertwined and bound together with the Lord, like threads of a twisted rope, come on, shall exchange their insufficient strength for the strength of the rope. Come on now. They shall rise up to overcome challenges as if they had powerful wings like an eagle, they shall run through life and not be weary. They shall walk through problems and not faint. Ooh. Who likes the Pastor Dave Hammer's translation? Now, again, don't go preach off that. That's, you know, we don't add anything to the Bible. But to, to, to fully pull it apart, it literally, it literally means this. Those who wait upon the Lord... They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now again, let's go back. Man, woman, husband, wife, brother, sister, child, those in this room that will choose to interweave as many aspects of their life with the Lord... It is those people who will mount up with wings as eagles. It is those people who choose to interweave every part of their life with Jesus. They shall run and not grow weary. It's those people that choose not just to interweave salvation, but they're going to be bold enough to include the Lord in other areas, other strands of their life. And the more strands we offer the Lord, the stronger in the Lord we get. We can walk and not faint. Growing up, my mum worked for a company in Adelaide, uh, a, a textile uh, company. It was called Actil. Maybe people my age and older may have, may have heard of Actil. It's like linens and sheets. And Anyone heard of that? Okay, I'm not making this stuff up. I don't think they manufacture in Adelaide anymore. And her literal job is my mum worked on a loom. And so being a young man, man, young boy, you know, early primary school, I just was sick one morning and couldn't go to school and mum couldn't get out of work 
So, you know, I was talking about being dragged this morning, towed along. So I was towed along to mum's work on this particular day. And I had some books and some little playthings, and I just had to sort of sit in a little adjacent corner as my mum was working on this loom. And I remember being a small child looking at this amazing loom. It looked like literally thousands of strands coming out of the roof into this massive like weaving loom. And as the strands came down, occasionally my mum had to tie something off and thread it through and the machine would keep going. And then that little uh, cotton, you know, uh, little reel would come to an end and she'd have to stop the machine and tie it. And it was like... And, and what was thousands of individual strands had this amazing blanket or, or, or sheet coming out of the, the other end or the other side of the loom. You, you see, the more strands that get interwoven with one another, the stronger the final product. Come on now. The more beautiful, majestic, the masterpiece of the final product and it's like us with our Lord he is the master of our life come on now he's the master weaver of our life he, he, he's in control at the loom of our life and as we choose to interweave areas of our life with the Lord we just get stronger and stronger let, let me give you an example there's people in this place tonight and you may have given your life to Jesus but this is what happens. In the area of salvation, and you've tied it off, you have the strand or the cord of salvation secure in your life. But what about in the area of anxiety, fear, or worry? And I'm just going to hang on to that, Lord. Salvation is secure, but in the area of fear, anxiety, and worry, we go, oh, gee, that's just a bit sensitive, Lord. I'm just going to hold on to that myself. Can I literally say this? You're hanging on by a thread. Come on, church. What about in the area of finances? Well, Lord, I love you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs, that's a good proverb. I'm going to trust in you. My salvation secure. Oh, they're talking about money again in church. But what about if we go, you know what? Lord, I'm going to choose to interweave you in that area. Tie it off in my life. And the more areas of our life. Here's one. In the area of our gifts and talents. You know that God has put gifts and talents on every single person that for, for, for kingdom use, for the benefit of the kingdom. It might be evangelism. It might be being a musician. You might be the friendliest person in town. We need you and want you on the front door. You can have more impact on the front door than the preacher on some weeks. And I'm being totally honest. So what would happen, young person, what would happen, adult, in this place if you said, here's my gifts and talents, Lord. I'm going to interweave that with the Lord. I'm going to interweave my finance. I'm going to interweave my emotions. I'm going to interweave, of salvation is secure. I'm going to interweave my health because I'm struggling in that area. I'm going to interweave, you know, my gifts and talents, all of these areas of our life. The more of your life you interweave with God. Oh, man, I'm just so strong for God. I haven't done anything special other than allow every area of my life to be interwoven with Him. Amen? Would you stand to your feet in this place? going to pray for some things here.
If you're in this place tonight, and if, and if you've never ever given your life to Jesus, meaning you've never prayed a prayer of repentance, saying, Lord, forgive me of the wrong things I've done in my life. Lord, I surrender them to you. And Lord, I, I just need to accept you as my Lord and Savior. I want to pray for you tonight. Or maybe you're here tonight and you were once walking with the Lord. And you know what I'm talking about tonight. I don't need to explain that. You were once walking with the Lord but you know if you were to do a stop take of your heart tonight, you know authentically you've just walked away from the things of God. It's not because I'm telling you, it's because the Holy Spirit is literally convicting you and stirring your heart. Your heart's racing a bit now, it's going a bit quicker, and it's literally the Holy Spirit knocking on the door of your heart saying, come on, come home, son, come home, daughter. The Lord is waiting on the porch for the prodigal sons and daughters to come walking back up that driveway. So what we do, everybody, bow your heads and close your eyes. So if you're in this place, you'd say, you know what, Pastor Dave, can you pray with me tonight? Either I need to give my life to Jesus or I need to recommit, rededicate my life to Jesus tonight. I'm going to count to three. At three, I want you to shoot your hand up. Everyone's going to pray together. One, two, three. Awesome. Fantastic. 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 Three people. Awesome over there, four people, five people over there. This is your night. Everything here, the electricity, light, stage, music, this was all for you right now. The greatest miracle, fantastic. Am I right over here? Six people. Anybody else in this place tonight say, all right, fan, awesome. Fan, that's seven people. Anybody else? Tonight is your night. This is a life-changing moment. I never grew up in church at 16 years of age. That was my moment in a church in Adelaide. Fantastic. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Everyone, look up at me. Now, I am not omnipresent. That's God's job. But I would love to pray for all of those people that put up their hands tonight. And so again, I'm just going to do this. On the count of three, everyone's just going to cheer and clap. Because let me tell you, that's, this is just the greatest moment of any service right now. I'm telling you, it's the greatest moment. But so I don't have to run around the whole auditorium, which would be pretty ugly. And I'm already sweating a little bit. I would love to ask you with boldness, boldness, courage in your heart to step out of your seat and just come forward. And we're just going to, I just want to pray for you and lead you in a prayer together in this place. Here we go. One, two, three. Come on, church. Let's give them a hand clap. Come on. Yep, Richard. All right. Yeah, come on. Fantastic. High five. High five. All right. Awesome, they're coming forward. Yeah. Now, that, this, high five. Oh, high five. High five. High five. All right, a few more people. Um, is there anybody else? There's a few more hands that went up. And at the end of the day, Lord sees our heart. But can I say this? Jesus also said, if you acknowledge me before men on earth, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. And, there, uh, and, and again, there is power about stepping out of a comfort zone and going, Lord, I just need to get out of this space I've been living in and I need to step into something new and fresh, new season. I need to step into this salvation, right, and new life that you have for me. Does anyone else just feel like they want to join them and then we're all going to pray together? So I'm going to count from three down. But can I say that this is, this is a moment for you. This is a breakthrough. I'm telling you, it is a breakthrough moment in your life. But I do feel like there is actually breakthrough of you stepping out of your comfort zone. Awesome. 
you are more mature than I, I'm going to do something very immature. High five. There we go. I shouldn't, 43 years, I shouldn't do high fives. Okay, here we go. Three, I'm going to count down, but I don't want to miss you if you need to be included in this prayer because there's actually something powerful. There is a breakthrough moment here right now. Two, one, and again, this is not a me thing. This is a youth, this is a breakthrough. Anybody, just actually, is there one more, one or two more people? You just, you just need to actually jump out of your comfort zone. Yeah, fantastic. Someone's coming over there. Awesome. Is it Richard? Yes, Richard. Awesome. I loved having you in church this morning, bro. Oh, you know what? Because you're special, you get 10. And I'll pocket five change. There you go. Awesome. Church, can you stretch out your hand? Come on together. We're going to pray together. Prayer is not listening to me. You can actually open your mouth and pray for these people. Oh, for everybody that's come forward, would you repeat this prayer after me? We're just going to invite Jesus to, into our heart to be our Lord and Saviour. All right, repeat this prayer after me. Tonight, Jesus, I acknowledge that I need you. I've fallen short of your standard, and I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that, Jesus, I need you as Lord. Forgive me of the wrongdoing and of the sin in my life. Wash it away. Make me new. I am a new creation in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and fill me right now. I'm thirsty and I'm open to receive your power and to receive your anointing. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. All right, stay, stay here. Awesome. Now, for you guys that came forward, can I just get you to close your eyes? Just raise your hands like that, and I just want to pray over you. Lord Jesus, I just pray over every single person that's come forward tonight to receive you, or maybe to recommit their life to you, that you would be their Lord and Saviour tonight. Lord, tonight is not going through the motions. Lord, this is not a religious religious or traditional little exercise right now. Lord, this is stepping into and entering into authentic relationship with you. And so tonight we put the key in, we've turned it, the engine of faith has been deposited and into our life tonight. And so Lord, you've authored it, but Holy Spirit right now, I pray that they would go on the perfecting, the faith perfecting journey with you in the name of Jesus. We thank you and we pray, amen. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. Now, is there a leader that they can sort of follow? And is, is there, no, no, okay, that's cool. See, greatest moment, greatest night of your life, and you got a high five, and Richard got 10. Awesome, okay, you can go back to your seat. Let's give him a, a big old hand tonight. Awesome, stay, just one more, would you stand to your feet where you are? Stand to your feet, sorry. I don't want you to be a yo-yo, but I do want to do one more minute. There's people in this place and you have several aspects or areas of your life that are interwoven with the Lord. But I did really feel led in the Holy Spirit to pray over one thing. 
And that is, there is amazing gifts and talents that God has bestowed upon people in this place. And I just feel like, you know what? Your walk with God, your relationship with Him will just get all the all the more stronger as you actually allow those gifts and talents to be used for God in the house of God. Do you, do you hear me? Used for God in your Monday to Friday workplace, you, you know, in your university, whatever that looks like for you. But we have to choose to allow God into that area and to interweave it with God. And the last thing I'll say is this. I'm, just, I'm a natural born evangelist and I can be sharing Jesus with someone in a cafe or whatever and I walk away and, you know, that person's like, oh, wow, they just shared Jesus with me. I walk away and I'm way more pumped up than the person that I just told Jesus about. Now, why am I more built up and edified and lifted up? Why am I more pumped up? Because when you operate and step out and use the gifts and talents that God has put on your life. Can I just say this? It is not exhausting in your life. No, it is actually exciting and fulfilling. It does something in your spirit. Why? Because they've been put there to be used for kingdom purpose. I'm just telling you, right? So if you're in this place, you can stay where you are. But if you say, you know what, Pastor Dave, I think you speaking about the Holy Spirit's speaking to me through you right now in this area. And just with a renewed passion, you know, I just need to come before the Lord in the areas of my gifts and talents to be used by God. And I need to interweave that in with the Lord again. If that's you, raise your hands to God right where you are. I just want to pray for you. Yep, 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 yep. Many, many people in this place. Awesome. If you've got your hands raised, just close your eyes where you are. And then we're going to worship. Lord Jesus, Lord, I just declare your anointing, your power, your authority, Lord, over these people with their hands raised. And Lord, I declare the gifts and talents that you've bestowed and seeded in their life. Lord, as they interweave it with you, as their hand is open and ready to be used of you. Lord, whatever it is that you put in their hand, that they would grab it and run with it. Lord, I declare souls being saved, a multiplication, God, of what you're doing in this house, spilling into the suburbs, flowing down the streets in the name of Jesus. Lord, gifts and talents. I declare hospitality gifts being used. I declare preaching gifts being used. I exhort and I speak into the evangelists and the pastors. Lord, the prophetic spilling over like never before. Lord, the teachers in this place, Lord. Lord, like just being used of you like never before. And Lord, as they pour it out and interweave it, they're going to walk away more pumped up than when, than even before they operated and were using that. Amen. Come on, let's worship Him. Victory.